0: Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here and welcome yet again to my podcast. If it's the first time you're listening, you're welcome. I have heard that recently. Someone emailed me to say, I'll just start listening to your podcast. So if it's your first one, you're welcome. And if you're a regular, welcome back. Now, this week, it is the science of the next moonshot Right Now NASA, and you all know about NASA and I vividly remember 1969 because I was five years of age when Neil Armstrong walked on the moon and it was a vivid thing for me as a five-year-old. I remember my father uh, calling me in off the street when I was playing football. He said, come in and watch this on the telly. There's a man walking on the moon. And the effect that the NASA mission had, the Apollo mission, was massive because it stimulated interest in science, first of all. Secondly, loads of spin-out inventions came from it, uh, as you may well know. In fact, you could say the computer revolution that came in the 70s was on the back of advances that were made for that moonshot and loads of examples of technology emerging from it. Now, but this one is, will we ever go back to the moon again? And will we walk on the moon again as as humans? Well, guess what? 2025. Now, uh, the last person who happened to be a man to walk on the moon was Gene Cernan on December the 14th, 1972. And as he was leaving the moon, he said, we shall return. Did Gene think it would take till 2025 is the next question. That was 1972. So it's been a good few years uh, since a human being last walked on the moon. Of course, they're having missions up to the moon and probes landing and so on. In fact, this week as well, a Japanese craft was due to land on the moon and they lost the signal. Something happened to it. So they're having missions to the moon. But this one now will be human beings again. And it's going to happen. It looks like all things being equal in 2025. Now, this, this mission is called Artemis. Remember, the previous one was called Apollo as you would all know. They called it Artemis because Artemis was the Greek goddess of the Moon. And Artemis was also Apollo's sister. So it's very appropriate that it would be called Artemis. And it's NASA, the American Space Agency, the European Space Agency, the Japanese Aerospace Exploration Agency, and the Canadian Space Agency. So yet again, collaboration. And as I've mentioned before, science is all about collaboration my lab will have many collaborating labs all over the world it's really important to collaborate and this is a great example of of different countries coming together to get back to the moon basically now to give you the detail on it because i think it's fascinating how how they're building this up artemis 1 it's in different stages artemis 1 was unmanned and i'm going to use the word unmanned because that's how they describe it uh was sent up into space then it was tested a bit and it came back down again artemis 2 this will be manned with humans. They're gonna put Artemis two. The spacecraft is called Orion. So Orion will lift off this year actually Artemis 2 they're not going to land on the moon but the Orion spacecraft will go up into space why are they calling it Orion? Orion was a famous Greek hunter in Greek mythology and Artemis placed Orion up among the stars and you'll all know about Orion's belt I remember as a kid again seeing those three stars in a row that's Orion's belt and you can sketch out Orion in the sky it was Artemis who put Orion up into the sky so that's why they're calling it Orion because it's linked into Artemis now four astronauts Will climb on board the Orion spacecraft, and their names are get ready for this. Now, these may become as famous as uh, Neil Armstrong Reed Wiseman, Christina Koch, Victor Glover, they're all Americans, and a Canadian because they're putting some of the money in, Jeremy Hansen. They're the four astronauts that are going to go. And you'll notice a woman at last will go into space from the Americans. Now, remember, the Russians had put women into space, and Americans had as well, of course, but not in the Apollo mission. So here we have a woman now going up into space to the moon, effectively. And I like the name of the leader, Reed Wiseman. Did they pick those names on purpose, like Neil Armstrong? That was very powerful surnames, aren't they, you know? You don't see any O'Neill's in the list. Anyway, Wiseman's going to be the, the commander, as they call it, of the Orion spacecraft. And in November 2024, up it goes. Now, the purpose of Artemis 2 is to fly Orion manually, because obviously Artemis One it was done remotely. Check out that it's all working normally, very importantly. And also, very importantly, there's a thing called the Gateway Outpost is going to be sent up as well. Now, what's the Gateway Outpost? This will be in orbit around the moon and that'll become important in a minute. So it's the Gateway Outpost plus Orion, up it goes. And they're gonna do various tests when they're up there. They're gonna make sure the craft works, very important. And even more importantly, they're gonna go into deep space. So it's gonna go 368,000 kilometers up from the Earth, past the moon. And why they're doing that? They're gonna see what deep space does to the human body. And when they get up there, that height, by the way, humans would have never been as far away from the Earth before. So be a record will be set for getting as far away away from the Earth as possible into deep space. The radiation might be different, I think is what it looks like to me. So they're gonna test their bodies and make sure they're not getting damaged in deep space. Because one of the reasons to go back to the moon, by the way, is to build a moon base, get this, and then eventually go to Mars, which is far, very far away. So they're kind of on, on, on the trajectory, is it not a bad word, towards a mission to Mars. And when they go up in the Orion craft, they're gonna go around the Earth uh, lots of times as well at speed and again, test the pressures on the body all the way up to the moon. They will be on the far side of the moon and they'll go, as I say, long into deep space and then do all these various tests. And then they're gonna turn around and come back and they're gonna flip around the moon and gravity, the Earth's gravity, will help pull them back towards the Earth. The total mission time is four days. They're gonna be away from the Earth and they will land and then they're gonna splash down, you see, and then back to Earth again. And it's basically like a dry run up to the moon, but they're not gonna land, is the idea. And while they're up there, they're gonna do various tests. Now, the next one then, though, is Artemis 3. This is the one. This is the one that humans will now walk on the moon again. And Artemis 3 will fly up into space. In December 2025, they're predicting for this mission. Uh, they'll get up near the Moon and they will connect to the Gateway Outpost, as I mentioned. This this is a bit controversial. It's different from the previous Apollo missions in that there's going to be a thing orbiting the Moon. It'll lock into that, right? Two of the astronauts, there's four astronauts on board again. Two will get off the spacecraft into the Gateway Outpost. They're going to stay on the Gateway Outpost and two, it's the two remaining ones go down onto the Moon, right? Now again, the ones on the Gateway Outpost will be monitoring things and doing various experiments. But then the two that head off will now land on the moon. They're going to spend six and a half days roughly on the moon. So it's quite a long time, longer than any of the Apollo missions. Back up to the Gateway Outpost. It's also um, called the HLS. They're calling this thing that's going to be orbiting around the moon. It seems to have two names. Uh, the human landing system, HLS. Uh, and they're going to reconnect with that, pick up the two that were left on that, and then come back to Earth. And then you would have the biggest splashdown, since the Apollo missions, because now we've put people on the Moon again and got them back to Earth safely and the splashdown What happen. That's all happening in December 2025, so they'll be landing back on Earth towards the end of 25. Of course, these dates can get pushed out, but that's that's the projection. And what are they going to do when they're up there for the six and a half days? They're going to start building this special base on the Moon. It's going to be called the Gateway Space Station, and it's going to be constructed on the lunar south pole. So the purpose of this mission really is to build a space station on the moon and that will be used for astronauts to go and stay on and do experiments on the moon and various other things and then begin to prepare to launch for Mars. That's really what this is all about. They've picked this area, it's on the south pole of the moon, the lunar south pole. There's a massive crater there called Shackleton. Now I like that because remember Shackleton was the explorer who went to Antarctica and in the Shackleton crater there's a very important thing, ice. Water ice is on the moon. And they're going to use some of that water, of course, as a source of water because we need water, you know, uh, into the space station to make sure that people can survive when they're up there. That's why they've picked that part of the moon. So to me, it's a tremendously exciting thing. I'd love to go up myself. If you're listening, NASA, please let me go up and visit that. Wouldn't it be tremendous? This special space station will be built at the lunar south pole and the astronauts will be occupying that space station. Now, Artemis number five will be in 2029, back up to the moon again, bringing more pieces to help build the space station. And they're going to bring a lunar vehicle to go driving on the moon. Now, you can't be people driving, I suppose, in places. And remember in the previous Apollo mission, they, they took a car up onto the moon for no good reason other than they wanted to show off, I think. But they'll have a lunar vehicle to drive all around the moon, take samples I don't know what they're going to do in the car. But anyway, uh, the lunar vehicle will be there to help explore the moon. And what this really is about then as well is, is it's doing a massive exploration of the moon and astronauts will live in that gateway space station, is the idea, and prepare for this Martian mission. They haven't given any details yet about getting to Mars. They may well build a spacecraft on the moon to fire it off to Mars instead of launching it from the Earth for example but certainly they'll be doing lots of tests on the astronauts to make sure it's safe to be in deep space again and there'll be missions from the moon I imagine from the Gateway space station so talk about an increase in activity it's going to be tremendous can you imagine the photographs they're going to get now the cameras have improved since Apollo you know with the Orion docking you know into the HLS and the astronauts going down to the moon and, and, and the imaging will be tremendous another thing they're going to do actually while I remember it in um, in Artemis 2 is take really high resolution pictures of the far side of the moon because as you all know there is the far side which we never see on the earth because the way the moon and the earth rotate they're kind of in synchrony which means you never see the dark side of the far side of the moon but they're going to get really good analysis of that part of the moon as well first of all you using imaging and then when they have the the moon buggy or whatever the vehicle is going to be called they can drive over there and have a look at the far side of the moon and do various experiments there so that's another important part of all this really it's going to be a huge increase in knowledge of lunar science I guess is one thing you might put it but also stuff about deep space and various other measurements that will be made in anticipation of this shot to Mars which is the big goal of all this really now what about the people well they've established a crew for the Artemis mission with 18 astronauts Nine men and nine women, and they basically are the team. The first four have been chosen to go on Artemis 2 Those four will not be going to the moon. Sadly, They're a bit frustrating for them. They're going to pick a different four for the ones that are going to go and land on the moon and walk on the moon. You know, and again, it more than likely will be a man and a woman for obvious reasons. Getting the balance right is essential. Of course, you want to give people access to this, uh, but you can imagine the fighting that's going to go on. I want to go to the moon. Who wants to go? Hands up. You know, and then remember, more of them will go up anyway. You know, in another set will go up and then even beyond that you see so now this set of 18 astronauts they're called the turtles why is that I hear you ask well there's a tradition in NASA uh, the previous set of astronauts names the next set and this began with the Mercury mission way back in the 60s which began the whole moon program I suppose with NASA way back in the 60s and they named the next team so the eight balls was the name of the previous team eight balls I'm not quite sure why they were called eight balls Uh, anyway the eight balls uh, named the turtles and these are the people who will be the group I guess from which they will be selected to send people on these various missions and what I find a fascination as well by the way is this lunar base you know they're going to build it as we go along, almost. It's going to grow and grow over the years. It's going to be a public private partnership to build that, by the way. So it's not just the governments funding all this, which it is at the moment. You never know, Elon Musk himself might go and live up there. But what I've read yesterday was um, they may build a hotel on the moon. Can you imagine? So if it's a private thing, maybe you can pay to have a holiday on the moon. Now, it will probably cost you a million bucks to do that, but still, the fact that it's public private means they must be thinking of renting out space or you know, having private enterprise use the moon base in some way. Now, isn't that incredible? So one day, if you're loaded, you might, you might afford the ticket price to go and spend time on the moon, you never know. But it's gonna be tremendous. And you can imagine when they build this space, what it will look like. And Now we're talking like beyond 2029 20, here, once it gets into a bigger scale, what it might be used for then. But then, remember, they begin working on the next big one to go to Mars you might wonder why is all this money being spent and Apollo was criticised for this at the time it's a tough one because it's expensive governments have to pay for this but the spin outs are remarkable Uh, you can get all kinds of technological advancements and remember technology has to advance for our society to grow and develop and all new kinds of things will happen and who knows some of the experiments on the moon base might reveal various things for human health and all kinds of things it's hard to predict isn't it what I like about this overall is it's how adventurous we are as a species And the one thing that defines us humans is we're always trying to push the envelope, you know, make new discoveries to boldly go dare I say it where no one's gone for that kind of thing so it's fantastic the, the adventurous spirit us humans have and good things come from science remember good discoveries get made that can be very useful for us here back on earth and remember the US government say paying for this they're employing tens of thousands of people remember to do a lot of the contracts are with private companies anyway so the spending of money on these space missions generates employment and that generates activity generates careers people you know feel fulfilled in those jobs. So it's not just blowing money on something that seems a bit like like a frippery. There's all kinds of benefits to these things and this is no different I think. And I look forward to seeing what brilliant science emerges and the sense of adventure and inspiring our next generation of scientists like I was inspired by the Apollo mission to join us in this big scientific adventure. There's all kinds of interesting spin-outs that will come from this. So there you have it, the next mission to the moon. Eventually humans will once again walk on the moon in 2025. Thanks as ever for listening and of course remember my podcast is available every Thursday for download and it's a news talk production.